0: (laughs) (laughs) Just Uh, just a a giant, silent gap, and then someone screaming. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's almost the weekend.
0: Welcome, welcome everyone. Feels good to be here. Mm. Feels very Uh, good to be here. I can tell you who's not feeling good right now. Oh no, who's that? Zeus, he's looking at me as if he really wants to go out... (laughs) <laughs> or a W-A-L-K. Oh, and then, yeah.
1: now he's just started bothering me. So we'll have to see how far we can get into this, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. I, um, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day and she was saying that, like, whenever they ate Mexican, the their dog would go mental and oh. they couldn't work it out for a really long time, like, what was going on. And it turns out every time they said guacamole... The dog confused the guac as walk and went mental and, like, ran around and, like, ran to the door and stuff. And it took them so long to figure that out. That's so specific. Like, (laughs) I
0: I wouldn't have thought they would have mentioned that. I'm not not even going to risk saying it just in case he does happen to hear me say that that (laughs) particular aspect of Mexican cuisine every
1: time you had Mexican cuisine, you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, um, very, very astute, uh, eaters, and they must have just slowly clued on <laughs> the, Yeah. the dog was picking up on the, uh, the avocado dip. Yeah, yeah. No, Zeus totally just,
0: like, he knows what time it is. He knows how long I've been awake for and he like expects it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz we go we do go for two walks every day. So he uh,
1: he knows the deal. Oh, that's lovely. Well, um, uh, uh other than walking big friend Zeus. Uh what have you been up to? Oh, um dude, I went to an art exhibition this week
0: actually. Mm. Cool. It was it was a really really um I don't know what you would call it. It's extremely Melbourne and very trendy. It was a Furby exhibition. Oh Jesus, bro! So that people sounds... who like
1: mod Furbies. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That sounds proper cursed. I've yeah. only I've only ever been in the company of one Furby. I remember oh. I was like spending Christmas um, with with my biological family, which is a bit of a rarity and. Mm my cousin got a Furby for Christmas and, you know, they talk and their eyes light up and this thing was just fucking cursed. Like it would Mm. just, it would just get prompted by shit that was really hard to kind of detect, you know, like we'd just be in regular conversation and then it would just pipe up and everyone would go quiet. It was very unsettling.
0: Yeah. It's, um, they've been known to be cursed as well. Like they're very particular, like, um, what do you call them? Vessels for ghosts and stuff like that. Like people are like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the people who believe in that stuff are like, Oh yeah, this curb, this, this Furby, I call it Kirby. This Furby <laughs> is like, um, it has no batteries, but it still turns on and will like talk to you in the night and stuff. It's just like nah. in a cupboard somewhere. <laughs> I don't nah. want to go in the cupboard. I'm too scared. bought <laughs> I'm out.
1: I'm out. Yeah. So like, okay, you went to this art exhibition that's got Furbies, but what, what, what does modding a Furby look like? Like, oh, what do dude. they do to it? Oh
0: no! Oh my god, dude! People <laughs> out there have gone completely, absolutely buck, buck wild <laughs> with, <laughs> with the Furby modding. There was some really long Furbies. There was oh. a double-ended Furbo dildo. Like, oh it was just, like, dude, no, giant no, on the wall.
2: Oh, God. There was a Furby
0: that had been like, you know, it sort of looked like a big white fuzzy octopus. Um, it just had like eight long, terrifying legs, which it could articulate. It, it couldn't, shit. it couldn't move them on its own, but you could pose the Furby into whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you some pictures after this, and um,
1: uh, so you can see yeah, look, the little Furbs. Uh, yeah, I won't wait up. But uh, good lord, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's that's quite the experience yeah
0: so that was cool they um yeah there was lots of there, there was paintings as well you know like it wasn't just like a sculpt sculpted furby uh, body horror it was <laughs> some people made some really pretty additions to you know like they take the regular furby but replace the fur with like really fu- fuzzy fluffy fur and like give it some jewelry and make it look cool there was one that sort of looked like a an, a biblical depiction of an angel like a biblical you know with all the eyes and stuff it was, it was pretty cool wow um, wow yeah so that was that was my i think it was tuesday night
1: shit yeah um man i don't know if i can even come close to topping that
0: no much. that's fair enough i mean what? when i saw the invite to it i was like oh yeah uh, i'm going to this <laughs> 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 i wasn't planning on doing anything at all during the week but then i saw that and i was like oh you know like there's only so many times you get to see someone cooked up verbs in your life and uh, yeah I, thought I should take advantage of it you got to take every furb. yeah if you're in Melbourne it's on at the old bar for the next couple of weeks um, probably by the date of airing this it'll only be another few days so go check out the furb's at
1: the old bar Good While you so can. yeah you'll need a lot of alcohol to get through that <laughs> yeah it's pretty startling some of them really
0: <laughs> yeah some of them are pretty confronting <laughs> Anyway, uh, So, uh, um, you've been playing any video, James? Oh, have you, tell me about your week, dude. Have you, have you been doing, doing anything? Up, up? Uh, I mean, you said you couldn't really top the Furby thing, which is fair up. enough.
1: But... <laughs> no one can top the Furby thing. Um, yeah, look, it hasn't been uh, exactly a uh, week filled with surprises or anything like that. Mm. I've just been chipping away at that Zoldo. Oh, open still world game. Nice. Still, dude. still loving that shit. I think. I think next week I'm just gonna do a big fucking download. You know, I'm just gonna give you the Zelda rant. We're yeah, gonna, hell yeah. we're gonna tie it up, put some furby themed ribbons on that box, and ship that shit out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I have so much I want to talk about in regards yeah. to that game. But we'll we'll wait. We'll wait till till next week and do like a proper thing. I also um. I've been playing this game called Yoku's Island Express. Yoku's um, Island Express, cool. Yeah, it's like um, a pinball metroidvania. Um, it's just a real kind of cute, small budget indie thing. It's like, you know, super relaxing. You're basically this beetle that pushes a ball around and you just push it into different arenas that are just kind of like pinball arenas. And right, you solve the pinball puzzle and then push it to the next bit and you get like a Metroidvania traversal thing and then you, yeah, it's very chill. chill. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Chill music, uh, very... It's kind of like got those Peggle vibes, you know? Yeah. Like just you're kind of barely interacting. <laughs> just yeah, like right, right. You just lying set the on it's, its way and, it, and watch the colours. Exactly, exactly. Uh, But yeah, it's pretty, pretty cute, pretty, pretty small time, but, but cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, what is that on switch? Uh, no, I got it on PS4. It was like five bucks or something. Very, very, very cheap. I just heard about it from one of the, the video essay people that I watch and they were just like, you've probably never heard of this. It's real chill. You should give it a go. And I was like, yeah, it it does. It does what it says on the tin. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Speaking of video game, SAS. Happy Tim Rogers' new video week, everybody. We got oh a wonderful new video this week.
1: Oh, so good. Did yeah. you finish it? No, because I'm I'm trying to like watch it with Phoebe. Cause oh, cool, cool. Phoebe's Phoebe's really into him, and obviously it's just very hard to find six hours together.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to
1: do it in like half hour blocks. Exactly. So we're we're working through it, but it's just it's just. Fantastic. I mean, we, we yeah. kind of texted about it a little bit, but whenever I watch his content, I just want to try and be a better person. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's so insightful and like sensitive and emotionally open to the experiences of video games and how they relate to life. And yeah. he's so articulate. And uh, yeah, I really. I think I have a crush on Tim Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way you're talking about him, here.
2: Uh, I mean,
0: same, dude. He's just, um, yeah. What, what an incredible... This video especially, he goes very much on that angle of like, you know, it's very... Um, it, it takes on like a nostalgic angle and then it's like, well, what if we actually did go and do all of those things and, and he goes mm. on a little trip and um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, mm. Very emotional. Uh, I, it's probably the most emotional video he's released, actually. I think. Wow. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, still just fantastic piece of media. And man, six hours of, of my time well spent. Well spent, I reckon. Speaking yeah. of
1: value to hour or whatever we were saying last week. Was... <laughs> value to enjoyment. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, every every second is juicy. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 Definitely definitely worth checking that shit out if you. If you're new to the Tim Rogers universe. Yes. Oh, and also there is actually
0: a English, speaking of Tim Rogers, his previous video, Tokimeki Memorial, um, has an English translation now. So you can go and get a fully voiced and um, reworded to English version of Tokimeki Memorial on Holy PC. Holy
1: shit. No um,
0: way. That's huge. I think huge. you just need to get the, get the ROM and then get an emulator and then just download the patch and it will replace all the files for you.
1: Wow, do you know is is the Steam Deck capable capable of doing stuff like emulation and that kind oh, of thing?
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a Windows PC, so you can just you know it runs Steam, but you it also has a build of Windows, I believe, on it, so you can just boot
1: oh up the God. emulator. That's that's sounding more and more attractive every day.
0: There, if you're looking to not go the full hog of the expensive, um, you know, Steam Deck thing, mm-hmm. um, there are um sort of like game boy style hand sorry handhelds that run windows mm. so you can find ones that don't run android um and i mean those would still run an emulator though i don't know how well they would do like with a patch from yeah. a website so i'm not sure yeah. but yeah you can you can find um relatively inexpensive windows running game boy handholds i think for like 200 dollars. i think on the cheaper end wow that seems pretty reasonable yeah i think it's called the oh no i'm not gonna be able to remember that remember the name of it but i'll send you a link later. i was looking into them earlier in the week because i was looking at roms and stuff so yeah right right uh, but yeah it's pretty pretty good i haven't really been playing anything new this week i've just been um chilling on that hyper demon oh my high god score.
1: got up to 50 that's pretty good Oh wait no i think i'm up to 70 now yeah i'm up to 70. Oh my god, yeah, I mean, after, after you talked about it last week, and then I saw the trailer for Hyperdemon, oh, y'all, yeah. y'all should watch that trailer, because if you listen to last week's episode, Joe described it, and it just sounded fucking bonkers, um, <laughs> but I also could imagine what it would be like, and mm. it, it was so much more crazy than I expected I yep. uh yeah, it looks incredible. I've never seen a game that looks like that. Yeah, it's very unique, and um, yeah, that like I said, there's such a
0: um, once you're once you get used to it, and once you know what's going on, it's it's very clear. But when you're just looking at it from the outside, it's like the heck is going on in yeah. this game. It's it's so inscrutable and, and and wild.
1: Yeah, and I was I was so ready for that to be hyperbole. You know, mm. you, you said something along the lines of like, when you look at someone playing this game and you've never played it, you don't know what's going on.
2: Yeah, and I was like, yeah.
1: well, I'm sure, you know, after a while you put it together and I watched the trailer and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even, like the enemies don't even have outlines. Are they even enemies? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's totally crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the way it does like the 360 vision stuff can like slide across your screen in such a way that it's like, it's not clear <laughs> to the average person what that outline or what that red thing is and right. why it's sliding the direction it is and
1: all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a very cool. Definitely. Um, definitely on my list for when, yeah. when I've got a super duper gaming PC. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know how intensive it is, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure.
0: I'm sure once you get around to it, it'll be, it'll be, it, it will be time. Hell yeah. Uh, would you like some three piece feed? I would love some chicken
1: pieces.
2: All right.
1: All right. Get <laughs> ready. I love how you're like playing it down as if like, you know, it's, it's not that good, but since you are here, you know, it's going to cost you. Yeah. <laughs> These are some spicy wings. <laughs> um, so, it's actually, it's very
0: uh, mild news this week, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll get into it anyway. So, Google
1: is shutting down the Stadia, Stadia service. Do you remember I, Google Stadia? Okay, so, everywhere I go, I see articles that Stadia is shutting down, and I've never heard of Stadia. What is this yeah. thing? Yeah. This came out a few years ago. Um,
0: it is a online cloud-based gaming service. Mm-hmm. So you would pay a subscription, sort of like Microsoft or the Games Pass. Oh, um, right. And you would have access to the service. Um, though I, I still think you need to pay for games, That but there were some free ones. I, I can't remember exactly what the model was. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, I, I, I do think you need to pay for, for games to play on it. Right. Uh, and it was, it was online only. So you could be like, um, ha- install the Google Stadia app on your phone. And as long as you had a good enough internet connection, you could play the games kind of anywhere. Oh, interesting. Uh, so it was basically, yeah, just a browser. You would open it and it would stream
1: through to you crispy video game action from wherever. Um, so. Wow. I, I yeah. can't imagine that ran very well in Australia.
0: Yeah, no. Australia had there was a, there was you couldn't actually get it in Australia. Like a <laughs> right. message that came up saying, yeah, your internet is not fast enough. Uh, we won't let you. I, I don't even know if they would let you buy it if you had a Australian an Australian ISP. I think you needed to use a VPN and um, like even if you did have an amazing internet connection, it would still be like, yeah, we're not going to risk you not being, you getting a refund or whatever. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, yeah well at, yeah rip then to that service <laughs> yeah yeah people are, the, people are like oh
0: you, you i saw this coming a mile away it's like did you really i mean i mean yeah sure but i don't know that's it's a bit of a weird weird take to to be like yeah uh, duh <laughs> when, when stuff shuts down it's, it's like just be a little i mean i know it's google or whatever but people lost their jobs just you know wait till the dust settles a little before you're like so self-righteous about it. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the servers are shutting down officially in January 2023, and all purchases will be refunded. So if you bought a game that's no longer playable because of Stadia, they will refund you, uh,
1: which I guess is really good. Wow. That's, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just completely jaded when it comes to corporations, but that seems unexpected. Yeah. Like that's, I, that's obviously super consumer-friendly and really great, for everyone, but like that must be costing them millions.
0: Yeah, it would be costing them millions. Um and also it's also just like such an expensive thing to set up and run. They were trying that at some point they had like um were in talks with CD Project Red for a cyberpunk exclusivity deal. Um mm. they were talking to Kojima Productions supposedly, this is the article that I saw, you know, come up this morning, um, saying that there were in talks for a Death Stranding sequel,
1: exclu- exclusivity deal. Um, <laughs> Good. That's what I was joking about the other day. Yeah. Imagine just the sequel to Death Stranding being exclusive to another console. Yeah. I can't believe that was actually potentially going to be real.
0: Yeah. I, apparently they turned down production uh kojima Kojima productions so like i don't really know this is all just like hearsay it's just like you know i read the the headline of an article i I didn't actually deep dive into anything so right right um yeah in any case you sort of get the gist of like you know the service seems to have had some weird management decisions and also just hemorrhaging money at all times and
2: Mm,
0: it makes sense sort of as to why they're shutting it down now um though i mean you know 10 years in the future when everyone has like Skynet in their brains and they can stream four teraflops <laughs> a second, like a service like this absolutely makes sense where you can just have your gaming library anywhere and just play it on anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's weird. It's weird. A little bit yeah. early. Yeah. Too soon, Google. Too soon. Yeah. Which is this, I think it's the case with a lot of stuff going on right now, you know, like all the metaverse stuff that, that, um, Zuck is all about, uh, like,
1: yeah. Yeah, They're like, sucks. oh,
0: you'll be able to work from anywhere in the world. And it'd be like, you're actually there because of your VR headsets. Like, no, nah, man, no one's buying this. It feels like garbage. <laughs> you can't see your legs.
2: <laughs> Elbows
0: can't be done. It's just like nothing's <laughs> ready yet, dude. It's, yeah, You can I'd have the t- best engineers in the world. Doesn't mean that the tech is actually there yet to be able to do anything with.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, in concept, it's very exciting. You know, you watch that shit on Johnny Mnemonic and you're like, hell yeah, I'm plugging into cyberspace, yo. But yeah. like, in reality, when you're working anywhere in the world, which means you're not in an office, one of the best things is not interacting with people. So like, I don't know why you would want to go through <laughs> like the arduous process of purchasing all these peripherals and then yeah. setting it up and then like, no no i just want to sip coffee over my keyboard and not say a word (laughs) (laughs) and just do my job yeah
0: Yeah. and obviously like part of that that what you just said there was purchase all these peripherals like all the tech is so expensive still and it's Mm. only accessible to specific people and like i don't know there's a there's a whole discussion there about like what vr and ar can bring versus what it you know is looking to bring in the future compared to like, you know, access point, uh, price access point for the average consumer and, you know, yeah. the actual value being to the lower end of consumers. So like it ha- the technology has to get to a certain point where it's like, you know, it just ships with whatever you're buying by default.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, and then it, it, it has a chance at being semi successful. Like imagine if you buy a PC, and it just ships with VR headset. Like, it's just always there. It's like top yeah. of the range VR headset and you just get it for free, basically. It's the only uh, the way of adoption. Yeah, that's the
1: and future then, baby.
0: Yeah. And then you have like all these companies buying PCs that don't need VR headsets and they just give them away on the street for free. It's just, you know, it's just like you need that kind of adoption. It can't cost
1: $1,400. Yeah, 100%. Or $800 or whatever. 100% you're, you're going to lead us into the future, Joe. Skeptically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um let's
0: see now next piece of news is kojima's podcast is out i've been listening to it and it's
1: uh kind of one of the weirdest podcasts <laughs> is uh, i've ever listened to so wait because can kojima speak english like how are you no, listening to this
0: they have a japanese and an english version of the podcast that drops every
1: week interesting so they have an actor just repeating everything kojima said so they've done a fairly decent job of the
0: production and i would say they actually went overboard on the production um Mm. do you remember radio lab yeah 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 do you remember how their production was always like kind of over the top they'd be like
1: jeremy boiled the kettle and then they would like play some kettle you know boiling (laughs) sample Totally. Even just yeah. the intro was full on. They'd be like, I'm Jad Appenrod and I'm Robert Beep, beep,
2: beep, beep. It's like, all yeah. right. right welcome lab. to
1: Radio Lab. <laughs>
2: and
0: there'd be like some kid laughing. It's like, what the
2: fuck, what am I listening
0: yeah. to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in yeah. the early days of podcasts when people were still kind of like finding what it was to do a good job. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, I mean, they, they kind of pioneered a lot of things, of course, but, yeah, it's they, it's it's kind of like Kojima listened to Radiolab and was like, this is how they're done.
1: Um, <laughs> I so, mean, yeah. yeah, Radiolab got a lot of things right, for sure, yeah, but, like, I have heard other podcasts try for that, like, overproduced aesthetic, and it's just... it's It doesn't work as well.
0: Yeah, I, I and I think that's the case here with Kojima's one, that he has this... Uh, I think he calls it computer or something. He has this, I think it's a producer who's on the mic in the Japanese version, Mm -hmm. but it's a heavily affected mic and it makes him sound like a robot or makes her sound like a robot. Mm -hmm. And it serves as like the, the listener's perspective or the listeners like um, questions that they might have, you know? So it'd be like, he'll say something and then the computer will be like, but uh, kojima san, blah, 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 uh, you gotta know about this thing that all the listeners might be wondering about right now. And he'd be like, oh, yes, yes, of course, and go on and I'll say something. It's like, it seems really unnecessary. Can you hear my dog just like scrambling on the carpet, right? <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking, right? <clears throat> I cannot. No. Okay, good. I'm sure it'll come through in the recording. Um, yeah, the the mic will pick it up just fine. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there's this like extra character who really doesn't need to be there. He started doing interviews now, and it's gotten a lot better to listen to. But whenever oh, yeah. it was just him talking to the producer slash computer thing, it, mm. it's really like it's really over the top. And um I mean, you could just listen to the first fifteen of the podcast. It's like it's the sound of a forest with birds chirping and then a voice comes over that isn't his, and it's like, Welcome to Brain Space by Kojima Productions, hosted by Hideo Kojima. What's it like to be inside the brain of Hideo Kojima? You know, like, it's, it's so over-the-top stupid. No one... I, it, I'm just like, I just want to listen to the
1: man talk. I don't care all right. about all this, this extra stuff. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's uh, a very histrionic individual he likes Mm. putting on a show yeah he really does his most recent episode uh is with jordan peele and they're they're about about nope and about making movies and stuff so it's pretty cool cool yeah it sounds kind of similar to the like his youtube channel he had like a dedicated youtube channel and he like released one video a month and they were like really well produced he had great guests like matt McKilson was on there one month and, like, he just talks about films for, like, an hour, and it was yeah. really great, and it was subtitled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's I think that's probably the... If you're looking to get that kind of fix, that's probably
0: the place to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the podcast right. might be a skip until he sort of works it out a bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, that's the second piece of news. The final piece of news is it's Games Week in Melbourne right now. Melbourne International Games Week is on. Oh, what does that mean? Um, so PAX is on the final weekend of Games Week. Um, oh, so next so next week PAX will be happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there are various awards nights and talks going on at the moment uh, or during the week, I should say. Yep. Um, I don't know why it starts on Saturday. I think it's just the first event is today. There's just mm-hmm. some like party that's like, it's Games Week and everyone shows up. Uh, whatever, <laughs> yeah, cool. Supposedly. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah, if you're in Melbourne and feel like Get into some stuff. Head along to um, head along to PAX next weekend and, and check out the cosplayers or whatever.
1: Sick. Yeah, yeah. That's right. the news, baby. That's the news. Download. Well, shit. There's no obvious segue that my brain is <laughs> latching onto. So let's just dive right in. Hell yeah. We, we're going dark. We're going evil. <laughs> uh... <laughs> so to to kick things off um when you think of villains or a villain who who are the first characters or who's the first character that you think of
2: Mm. um
0: i have a i don't know there's like two things that come to mind right when you say villain the first thing that comes to my mind is like disney villain oh really yeah i think of like the classic villains very like um over the top Jafar, sort of Jafar, yeah, Jafar, mm-hmm. or Scar from The Lion King, or
2: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, all of those sorts of maniacal, laughing, evil boys. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so yeah, that's that's kind of the first place my mind goes. That's man, that's great. I um, I I kind of go in uh, the opposite direction, really. Like I think of the Joker mm-hmm. or Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. Oh uh, yeah. Or yeah. the sheaf from Casino Royale. Mm. Um I feel like books, movies and comics definitely have the market cornered when it comes to good villains. Yeah. Um like video games do have good villains, but video games also have some stupid design choices and they've been normalized over the years and like especially when it comes to handling climaxes. Yeah. I I just feel like video games are still not kind of grown up in that way, the the way kind of books, movies and comics have. Yeah. Um yeah. so like for me, you'll have some really nuanced baddie like Fontaine from Bioshock. He's got this manipulative presence all throughout Rapture, and then right at the end he'll inject himself with steroids and you'll have a boss <laughs> battle. Yeah, yeah and it's like what the fuck like yeah that was the biggest disappointment for sure with that game oh my god like it just throws away everything it built up with fontaine for a cheesy boss fight and um and like speaking of the joker arkham asylum does the same thing yeah Um, yeah and that shit is voiced by mark hamill so it's proper good but then <laughs> then he just injects himself or whatever. <laughs> What's with
0: the injecting?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's really weird, isn't it? It's like this yeah. weird standard for like, all right, we've gotta make this person become eight times as large in like five seconds. Inject yeah, yeah, it with yeah. something. <laughs> Give him the super drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and like, you know who we can blame for this? We can blame Mario Obama. and Zelda, Obama. Uh, thanks, Obama. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: you Mario know, like and
1: Zelda. Yeah, like uh, Ganon and uh, Bowser. Dude, the princess gets kidnapped, and you've got to mm. slap some sense into an overgrown turtle before the credits roll. And it's it's you know it's all well and good for those games because the whole personality of those villains is they abduct royalty. Um, yeah, I think. <laughs> you yeah. I, I think you gotta like play grown-up games like Metal Gear Solid to find villains with motivations. And, like, yeah. don't get me wrong, like, you know, Metal Gear Solid, even the first one, you, you end up in boss battles, but it's just... It's a little bit more nuanced than punch this giant pig until it has zero health. <laughs> punch um, this giant pig, yeah. <laughs> like, That's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of... It's really... Unfortunate because video games have seen some fucking sick villains over the years. Um, and just like maybe to go back to Bioshock, like fair warning, Bioshock spoilers. Mm. Um, but can you imagine if that game ended with the golf club scene or, yeah, been like, great, <laughs> right? Right? Or like, um, another one that, that comes to mind is Far Cry 3. Like, yeah. can you imagine if that game ended? after you finished fighting vas like remember how that happened but so so vas like yeah so vas was the villain that everyone remembers in quotes from far cry 3 he's the uh, du- who's the dude that's of like insanity guy. exactly that's yeah. that guy but he's not even the main bad guy he's just yeah. the most charismatic bad guy yeah um and it, yeah it just feels like games are obsessed with this big boss battle finale format Um, and I think it's time to throw that shit in the bin. (laughs) Yeah, Um, totally. Yeah. And, and and like, you know, these characters are amazing villains. Like really, even though there is that cheesy boss battle with Fontaine, he's, he's a really great villain. What I'm, what I'm criticizing is how video games handle them. I just, I just think, you know, it, it kind of feels like the industry has sequelitis for like the Mario Zelda format. And, you know, Bioshock doesn't share shit with Mario and Zelda. Like, it just tries to be so much more. And, again, I'm not saying that Mario and Zelda are, are like, inferior in some way. I'm just saying, like, it's tackling themes that aren't, you know, seven-year-old friendly. Mm, mm. Um... Yeah. I I wonder, like, that sort of vestigial
0: tale kind of um, part of video games, it it sort of feels like... The only way that they can get that kind of um it's sort of like a plain narrative device to be mm-hmm. like you know the, the thing that services the story in such a way that people can just have something easy to latch onto because it's so easy to latch onto mm. um, yeah and, uh, yeah man, I... was it someone someone recently was saying about
1: scorn remember do you know the game scorn scorn yeah scorn that no, that rings literally zero bells. Like, when you say Scorn, there's just, okay. like, the
2: Homer Nothing. Simpson
1: monkey in my brain, <laughs> picking fleas. So, Scorn is this
0: indie game that had, like, a failed Kickstarter, I think, and then um, they did it again, And then it looks like they've come okay, and, you know, it's, it's this HR Geiger-style first-person thing. Um, I don't know how much it has to say, or if it's any good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of sceptical about it, but... Uh, the uh, director or the person who is creating Scorn went on record recently saying that like video games don't have good stories or, you know, villains or heroes um, because all the good writers don't write for video games. And if you were oh. a good writer in video games, you would have already left to write a book or to do a movie.
2: <laughs> right. I thought that
0: was a bit reductive, but um, yeah, it's uh, an and cruel because I think there are good writers in video games it's just you know you're looking in all the wrong places but yeah I think the um overall you get a, a lack of understanding what like interesting narrative structure could be from video games and I think that really is reflected in in villains as you've said you know like punch the pig
1: until it dies <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I mean I think I think that scorn person is I don't know that. That seems extremely judgmental to me. Let's it like is, yeah. why don't why don't we we talk about the goat for video game villains then, like Gauntor Odim, you know? Oh this, yes, yes. Like like we've got someone here who has really solid writing behind him, and like, you know, w- w- why is he so fucking compelling? Like he's just so great to watch and be around in that game, mm. and like, I think part of it is because. He's a god, right? Like, he's yep. uber-powerful, he can stop time, but he's bound by the sanctity of the pact. And I think that's, like, classic god behaviour, you know? To be like, I'm all-powerful, but there needs to be a mutual agreement or else I can't do jack shit.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and and I, think, I think just as, like, a writing device, villains that are bound by things make them really gripping yeah that's Um, cool yeah and and like classic example is the joker from the dark knight right the the um uh christian bale batman movie where like both batman and the joker want to have the biggest influence on gotham Mm. also the the protagonist and the villain villain wanting the same thing is spot on like that shit is good stuff that shit is simple, but delicious. You know, that's your fucking yeah. butter on fresh bread right there. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. b- b- Batman can't kill the Joker because Batman doesn't kill, but the Joker doesn't kill Batman because Gotham would be boring without him. Yeah, And that engages the audience. It creates all this tension. And then, I mean, that movie also does a really fantastic job using that knowledge against the audience. Like when... Batman is about to run down the Joker at his his Batbike or whatever it's called. Mm. Or or when, like, Batman is interrogating the Joker after he's kidnapped Harvey Dent and Maggie Gyllenhaal. I can't remember her character name. Um, And, like, you know, they're in that, um that like interrogation room and batman resorts to violence and the joker says you have nothing to threaten me with and that's like the best fucking line of that film right? <laughs> and and anyway anyway so the plot is moved forward by the motivations of those characters yeah. but their interactions are really entertaining because of the boundaries that they have yeah um and like you don't see anything
0: like that in video games these days
1: yeah, like it, it's just it just feels really rare. And and I think having like all powerful villains without boundaries can be really dull. Yeah. Um kind of like having a, a like an all powerful protagonist without boundaries. Yeah. Like I mean, kind of going off, off track a little bit, but like um from those Avengers films a couple of years ago, like Captain Marvel is a pretty recent example in those yeah final Avenger movies, she could have, I mean, and, and just like a a quick footnote, but like, I only saw those Avenger movies, you know, I didn't see all the movies you need to see for everything to make sense. I didn't get a fucking PhD in Marvel, War. but like from, from those Avenger movies, it seemed like she could have saved the day at any point. But mm-hmm. she was like busy during those events. Yeah, she was and, in, on the other end of the galaxy doing some other world-saving business. Right, and yeah. and in in the Avengers, it was just a line like she's unavailable or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and it's just like. Having a character like that removes all the stakes and takes away from the actions of any of the other characters involved. It's like it's like a lose-lose when it comes to writing a story because she mm. eventually does appear right at the end and Spaves she, like, owns Th- Thanos? Thanatos? Thanos? Whatever his name is. The big blue dude. Purple <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, the big giant he, pig. The big... <laughs> Ganondorf. She, like, appears and owns Ganondorf in, like, 30 seconds and she's, mm. like, head-butting him and shit. Yeah. And, like... They've just spent like two movies or probably more, but just the two Avenger movies, like building up how kind of powerful and physically domineering he is. And then they have this like super powerful protagonist that was just, you know, busy sipping fucking cappuccinos or something, but now she's Mm. got the time to come in and save the day. Yeah. It's just like, that's not very compelling. Uh, I think you're sort of,
0: yeah, maybe stumbling on something a little bit here with the video game stuff in comparison to that, is it's like some games want the hero to feel powerful all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Or you build up mm-hmm. your power and then there's like this, you know, this character who can take it all away or why can't you just defeat the baddie instantly if you're so powerful and there's that like dissonance feeling. I think like, yeah, overall there's video gamey reasons why villains can be hard to portray um, Mm. in anything other than cutscenes. Like, the actual witnessing of the villain in the game is kind of hard sometimes. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm struggling to think of, like, good examples of video games where villains are actually meaningful.
1: um, I mean... Narratively meaningful. I feel like the the classic example is Mega Man X, right? Where, like... uh, In that first level, you have that fight with Zero. Is his yeah. name Zero? Yeah, yeah Zero. Sure. And and you're actually playing the game, and you're just getting absolutely fucking dominated. Yeah. Um. And like you, you get to feel that domination, and then like you know, um. Oh no, wait. I think Zero saves you from the baddie. Anyway. I can't remember yeah, how that goes, but something but, like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you you interact with the villain in a meaningful way, which is getting your butt kicked, um, and then you you get saved from that situation, and then it kind of gives you this um, uh, goal, like yep. you know, w- w- currently Become you're not. Like zero. Yeah, you're you're not gonna be good enough to beat that villain. But like, if you fucking go and get all the power ups or whatever, then you'll then you'll be strong enough. Um yeah. and I guess that's more of like a classic narrative arc, you know, mm. where like the protagonist is introduced to the villain when the protagonist is clearly not ready. And so the story is about the protagonist getting ready to face the yeah. villain. Yeah. Um whereas like jumping back to Gaunt to O'Dim, uh, like it 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 was more I don't know, it just felt like there was more story there. Like I was so afraid of him that when push came to shove and like just quickly spoilers for uh hearts of stone just one one of the endings but like i was so scared of him tricking me um that i i let him eat up all geared soul right and like after you know i didn't do anything i didn't interfere and afterwards he asks what you want in return you can get like a horse with infinite stamina or a horn (laughs) that has endless food. You can get like a bunch of stuff. And I was just so scared that I chose nothing. I was like, fuck off, (laughs) you know? And and that's like, that's, that's awesome. Like I loved that experience because I, I like, I got to engage with this super captivating God fuck. It didn't end in a boss battle. And I was like thoroughly shook before, during and after and yep. it was still satisfying, like, yeah. even even in a video game, especially in a video game, it it kind of, like, I, I think it's one of the few examples where the the villain kind of, or, like, I don't know how to say it, but the villain lent on the writing to communicate mm. how fucked up they were. And yeah. that, like, I thought that was communicated really effectively in that DLC.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome that that came in the DLC as well, like even part of the main game. Oh,
1: bro. Yeah. I mean, I don't buy DLC all that often, but after, Mm -hmm. after playing like the Zelda DLC, I'm like, man, like that witch three DLC, the FromSoft stuff, like, holy shit, that is good stuff right there. (laughs) That's good good eating. (laughs) Yeah. That's Uh, that's good eating for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, man.
0: I mean, I'm I'm still struggling to like think of other good good um, antagonists because it's it's always like defeat the bad guy is kind of a cliche in, in video games, right? Mm-hmm. But I I think games that don't have a bad guy are also
1: cool. Oh, <laughs> like, dude, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. Some some of the best video games don't don't have a villain at all, or like, you know, it's um. It's more abstract than that, like, uh, in, in Soma where it plays with the idea of like having, being in a position where you have to choose who lives and who dies and also to decide what living is. And it just puts you in this like beautiful gray area where like, you know, the choice isn't as simple as good and evil. It's like, it's, you know, I don't know. I just feel like that kind of provocative stuff is, is just as good, if not better than like a, a well-told narrative with a really compelling villain.
0: Yeah. And, and then there's other games, you know, like, um, we were talking about it before, we're talking a Memorial, where like there's no bad guy at all. It's just, it's, it's, it's having something to say simply by, you know, pushing you through the different, um encounters that you have in that game you know Mm. there's there's no like real conflict there it ends up being that that the only um the thing that it's trying to tell you is that like (laughs) in in striving for perfection you're actually like (laughs) you're you're doing yourself a disservice (laughs) like Mm. it's not it's not worth all of your your hard work um and even in like games like the artful escape right where like there's no bad guy there you're just like going to these planets and trying to get good
1: enough to play with the glamour you're not even Mm. fighting the Glamagon. you're just playing with them (laughs) Um, yeah i mean that that game is a whole fucking vibe but i i do i do like i mean i don't know what to call that but there's like some similarities between those games you just mentioned, right, Mm. where, like, there's not a villain, but, like, the challenge comes from within the character that you're playing, so, like, it's about their motivation or, like, in the case of Artful Escape, their lack of motivation and their, like kind of demeanor and the fact that they're a little bit placid and they don't actually know what they want and they've been funneled into this kind of career that they're not super passionate about. And, like, I think that's kind of an intimate story that, I mean, doesn't need a villain. You know, the, yeah. the, the story is about self-discovery in, yep. in that instance. It's not about, like... Uh, I don't know. Over overcoming like some big obstacle that's yeah. personified by some evil guitar player, <laughs> you know. Like that's just <laughs> yeah, not yeah. what that story is about. Yeah. Um.
0: So yeah, there, there's that part too, and and then there's games like um, like even Minecraft, where there, it turns out that there is a villain, but you don't discover them until. You know right at the end of the game and if you know where to look and stuff like that like
1: oh that's interesting
0: yeah the ender dragon is not like you know pulling the strings or anything like that it's just like they're just like the final boss that you fight (laughs) right so yeah it's just they're just like a part of the game i guess um the game world
1: yeah, I mean, I man, I haven't played Minecraft in a very long time. I bet. Yeah, dude, remember playing Minecraft together and getting like thoroughly spooked? <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was really demo. fun. That's what. That was like when Minecraft first came out on Xbox. I'm pretty sure yeah. you bought that shit on day one. I think we had the demo. Like, I think you could play like half an hour or something of it. Oh, but right. I, we
0: didn't. I, I did end up buying it, but yes, it, I, initially, I think we had some demo
1: version. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean I keep I keep seeing new releases like I think Minecraft Dungeons or Minecraft RPG oh, yeah. or something yeah. like I just feel like they're in spin-off central right now. Oh yeah.
0: They're uh, well and truly in doing all sorts of crazy stuff now. <laughs>
1: yeah, hell yeah. Um man, yeah, villains fuck. I uh I was really excited To talk about villains and now we're here I don't have like any kind of thesis statement or anything I'm I'm just like man some villains are really cool some villains are a little bit lame but video games have a hard time kind of converting compelling villains to an entertaining experience yeah Um, yeah when when you played Hearts of Stone do you remember what ending you got I remember getting in a fight with Gauntaro Dim at the end.
0: Right. I did get a boss battle. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what the ending was, but I think he did present me with a similar thing, you know, like after you got him low enough in health, he made a deal with you and you could pick one of those things. Oh, right. Yeah. Or after you killed him, he like vanished and gave you the option. I can't remember. It was a long time ago now.
1: Yeah, I know, dude, I forget that the witcher came out like seven years ago <laughs>
2: yeah
0: yeah that is... oh i have been
1: playing actually cyberpunk 2077 a bit more this week
0: and enjoying parts of it thoroughly and other parts of it not at all
2: oh it's,
0: yeah it's very um there's parts of it that remind me a lot of the witcher you know like you'll get in a side quest and it's like well hell yeah this is actually interesting uh right. and then you'll have another side quest and it's like follow this person down the block and find out if they're cheating or not. It's like,
1: oh God, we're we, are we doing this today? <laughs> we're really mm, doing this. <laughs> fuck, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, that's, yeah. That's disappointing. There's, I mean, dude, even in Breath of the Wild, there's a, uh, like, um, what are they called? The, like, specific quest type where you... Escort mission. There's, like, an escort mm, mission. And yeah. it only goes for, like, 90 seconds. Um, but it's just it's the most boring part of that game. And I'm just like, why? And it's optional, but yeah. still like, why, why is this still here? I feel like yeah. it's pretty well known that this type of mission in a game sucks ass a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't think of a single escort mission that I've enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think
0: some, sometimes villains in games take it Kind of cool shape when they take the shape of like you know the corpos or whatever in in um cyberpunk 27 or whatever you know alliance you decide to put yourself on the opposite end of that or like in the case mm. of half-life with g-man it's like some kind of unknowable alien force that you barely ever see uh but is represented by like the combine and their oppression on the people and stuff like that like it's yeah. kind of those are kind of interesting when they're not necessarily, like, big bads, quote-unquote, but they're still, like, a villain to sort of... You know, they're still fighting against something. It's just,
1: like, yeah. De- definitely. Yeah, and I think I think maybe that's, like, something that is satisfying in a video game when you have, like... Um, I mean, they're, they're kind of not related in Bioshock, but when you have, like, Fontaine as this, like kind of manipulative presence and then you've got the splices and yeah. the kind of, uh, I was going to say Sasha Baron Cohen, but it's not the Borat guy. <laughs> it's the, you know, <laughs> the villain in Bioshock uh, who's like yeah, the, yeah. something Cohen. I think he's called Sander Cohen? Cohen? Sander Cohen? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, and you know, you've got those kind of middling villains like Sander Cohen that are just yeah. kind of splices that have more dialogue and are a little bit more crazy or (laughs) or whatever. But like, if you, if you remove that, like final boss fight from Bioshock, like Fontaine doesn't lose any of his impact. I know. You know, if anything, it's, it's almost more impactful. It's, it's interesting that they feel they have to force this inter interaction with Fontaine to like bring meaning to the end of the story.
0: Yeah, this this gets me onto something that I've been meaning to talk about a little bit on the pod, but I'd love to have a guest on at some point. We've got some like proper cool game dev people in my little game dev friend list. And, uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it'd be cool to like speak to someone like you know David Gator about something like how do you write villains or how did you write villains in Dragon Age or Damn. you know how did you write villains in Mass Effect and what was it, what you know why did you make cert- why were certain choices made about how the game finished and whether or not you had any say on like. You know, why Why couldn't we just end it with the Sander Cohen ending where, like, he hits you with a golf club and roll credits? Like, what sort of forces are at play there? <laughs> I think yeah. that stuff would be really interesting.
1: I mean, just, just going over those games you just mentioned, you've got examples of a game that has a really shit villain, which mm-hmm. is Dragon Age Inquisition. Like, holy crap, Corypheus is just one of the worst villains out there. And then you've got a game in Mass Effect 2 where you've got the um you've got Martin Sheen. I can't remember his character's name. Yeah. The the elusive man. The elusive um, man, yeah. And holy shit. There's no boss fight there. And he is just like every scene he's in, you know, he's kinda like G-Man, a little less abstract yeah. because he's basically at the head of this corporation that's pulling the shots. But yeah. it's it's really compelling to be interacting with the shots that he's in charge of or the calls that he makes but like it doesn't kind of it wouldn't gain anything by having like some big shootout at the end of that yeah 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 so is that too? Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, w- it would be so interesting to actually speak to someone within the industry. That kind of scares me a little bit because I feel oh, like okay. I'm super judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure they would welcome it, dude. <laughs> oh
0: my god. Um. So yeah, that's and, and then just having friends on and stuff as well. I'd love to have have another another head to to turn to at, a, totally. at some point. Maybe if we come up with a topic that really suits, it, we can we can chuck that in there. Hell yeah! I'd
1: be I'd be keen as hell hell yeah man shall Um, we uh shall we wrap it up i mean get to an email i should say yeah yeah do you wanna do you want to read it out i feel like i've been blathering on for far too long i feel like i blathered too let me let me i'll do the. i'll do the talking this time (laughs) Uh,
0: okay so this email is from peter hell yeah hello peter uh hey joe and daz Uh, You both are doing all of us a great service each starting weekend with filling our belly full to the brim, capital B brim, which I love, uh, while we lick our sloppy, watery, (laughs) wet, gargling gamer mouths with whole (laughs) treats.
2: I think gargling,
0: gargling. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's, that's it's good. done a lot for me today. Thank you, yeah, Thank you, Pete. Uh, <laughs> little anime insert. Shout out to Chainsaw Man. The hype is real for such a uh, fun manga. Can't wait for the episode to launch on October eleven. We've been doing some revisiting on some of my fave anime. Both uh, have you both seen Trigun, the original series, and Wolf's Rain? Uh,
1: um, tri- Trigun, yes. In fact, didn't you introduce me to Trigun like yep. way back in the day? Yeah, I did. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember really enjoying that. Vash's Stampede was fucking awesome. Yeah. I remember that that anime being really emotional um, yeah. towards the second half. Yeah, um, totally. I remember that too. Yeah. But what was the other one? Wolf's Rain, I've not Wolf's heard of it. Yeah,
0: I I remember Pete talking about Wolf's Rain years ago as well, but I, I can't remember if I watched it or not. I don't think I did. Okay. Cool. Oh, but it's on the list now, Pete, so there you go. Um so- both are truly unique shows with so much heart. I can't recommend them enough. Awesome. Um, which brought up a question on episode 24 in video games, uh, which was wait, what on episode 24 animation in video games, which was brilliant. Mind you, please keep doing these deep dive topics. Oh, the fans want it, Joe. They want the animation. I'm being encouraged. (laughs) Uh, please do keep doing deep dive topics. I'm hoping the next one will start back in 1608. (laughs) (laughs) I I like going back into the annals of history for sure. It's I like doing it when I get the time to do some research. (laughs) What are your thoughts on the CGI animation trying to merge in the anime world, uh, more upfront? It's always very subtle, but now it's become more in the spotlight. What are your full, what are your opinions on fully CGI as opposed to hand drawn anime?
1: Um, I mean, you can go first on this one if you have an opinion. Mm, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm keen on yours, to be honest. I got to say, just as like an animation pleb, Mm. um, when I'm watching an anime and they've got like a 3D rendered CGI bit out of nowhere, I'm like, this sucks. (laughs) I'm like, I much prefer the aesthetic of like 2D hand-drawn, um, But I would guess that that's a lot more expensive than CGI. Yeah, it is. Um,
0: I mean, I, I think it's when it's augmented in a way, it's really cool. Like in, in that scene in Attack on Titan where Levi is getting shot at by the military corps and it's like mm. he's sliding along the rooftops and down the streets. There's heaps of CGI in that. Um, yeah, yeah. Pretty much everything except for the shooters and the effects and Levi himself is all CG. So all of the environments that he's sliding around are all CG but um i think yeah yeah so i think that's like the primary example that a lot of people turn to when it comes to like augmenting cg or uh, augmenting 2d animation with cg um because it was done right. so gracefully there yeah um yeah. but yeah shows like ruby or shows that are fully animated uh, fully cg animated but made to look sort of 2d i'm not really a fan of mm. um i'm sure there's some that are that way that i've just not known because it's done so well and i i be like wow sick you know good job um right but i don't know what they are off my head um off top of my head Mm -hmm. i i find that they tend to be the animation uh tends uh this is a whole topic i don't (laughs) know the animation tends to not uh, so, so with 2d animation there's a whole way in which you do it which gives it a certain look which is like part of the reason why it's so enjoyable to watch and why Mm. it's like that those standards exist in the first place and it sort of becomes you know the hallmarks of the the 2d animation thing right and and then when you try and replicate that that in 3d you suddenly are putting a whole bunch of um restrictions on yourself because of course there's things that you can do in 3d that you can't in 2d that make it you know easier quote unquote so it's like you know, do we end up doing those things? And of course, sometimes they end up creeping in or you sort of do a blend mm. where you're like, oh, there's some hallmarks of 2D, but we're also going to do a lot of 3D stuff. And it's like, oh man, right. now we end up with in this weird in-between zone. And it's really hard if you don't have like an incredible art direction to lean on. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it ends up looking a little bit wishy-washy. But So yeah, I, I would say I prefer traditional 2D animated uh, anime stuff. Um, if if they do some 3D CG stuff, then hell yeah. Um mm-hmm. And especially if it's done masterfully, like in the case of Guilty Gear Strive,
1: which is a fighting game. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, yeah. look, I've just seen footage from that game. It looks insane. Like, the animation and the art direction is, like, a fucking 12 out of 10. It looks so cool. (laughs) Yeah, all of that stuff is 3D animated, all, like on twos and threes and stuff it's it's
0: really impressive
2: hmm.
0: so yeah they like the animators have control over like the line of shading you know whether it goes from dark to light on the characters it's just such an intense amount of control and an, an amazing amount of work um and yeah all of those characters are really appealing so it helps
1: a lot yeah so yeah that, that's my opinion moving on <laughs> hell yeah great answer i mean i realized while you were talking there i was like nodding my head which is not mm. exactly podcast friendly but i was there <laughs> You're were, you were with me. You were with me. <laughs> um, uh,
0: what's interesting is that it's also the same when anime tries its hand in the video game world. I haven't seen too many games that felt right. Yeah, so check out Guilty Gear Strike for sure. I think they do it right, uh, and also the Dragon Ball
1: Fighter Z is really good. Or Fighters. Oh, I feel um, like we got to give a shout out to Persona Five as well. Persona think, Five do a good job. Yeah, yeah, I think that, especially like I mean, the cutscenes are an anime. It just feels like you're watching. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So there's that stuff. Um, But yeah, I
0: agree. You know, games like, um, what was that Ghibli game that was sort of like Pokemon? Uh, Oh, Ninokuni. Yeah, Ninokuni sort of had a little bit of a weirdness to it uh, in some of the designs and the direction felt a bit washy. But uh, yeah. Um, Well, I lost my place in the email. Uh, I haven't seen many games that felt right. It's not uh, in the anime genre, but... The closest I've seen work with the two mediums where it feels really visually like you're playing the show, which was the two South Park games, Sticker Fracture and uh, Stick oh. of Truth and Fractured Butthole. Yeah, those games looked so much like the show; it was fantastic.
1: Mm. Um, yeah. Did
0: they, you ever yeah. get around to those? No, but I watched a couple. I watched um, Fractured Butthole being streamed a couple times. Not enough to know what was going on, but enough to know that it was an RPG. Yeah. Cool. Turn based. Um, also Persona 5 does a great job of feeling like an anime as well. Yeah. There you go. Persona 5. Hell yeah. Boom. Boom. There We're it is. on the same wavelength. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm wondering what's your thoughts on these two animation arts coming together? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've sort of given my thoughts already, but yeah, I think it's cool. Uh, I would like to see more stuff like that. Even, <laughs> um, in Tim Rogers' most recent, uh, video, the game that he mentioned was not traditional 3D style it was like 2d hand-drawn esque lush backgrounds with a sort of highly stylized 2d-ish looking character animated mm-hmm. throughout them uh, i think stuff like that's really cool um so yeah there's definitely cool stuff to explore uh in in that realm of mishmashing, mish-mashing mm-hmm. mediums mm-hmm.
1: um yeah
0: i don't think it's for everyone yeah like the, there's times when it, it can go pretty bad but yeah when it, when it's really carefully thought through and you've got good art direction. It's, uh, it's good stuff.
1: Hell yeah.
0: uh, so I've got two last questions for you both. Oh, we're Ooh. getting individually called out here. Joe, is it in animation they would tell the animator what the circumstances are for movement? For example, the character is running or punching. But does that animator have to work with another animator's rules of environment they have created also, like water and ground physics? Wondering what is the hardest movement to animate between swimming in water or dealing with gravity? jumping when falling to the ground oh water is i don't think i've done any swimming animations and they terrify me uh, because yeah you're just you have no forces to act upon <laughs>
1: it's all just like yeah imagine floating through space it's terrifying um, <laughs> yeah I, I feel like you've really uncovered like a deep trauma animation yeah. <laughs> in <laughs> <Not> a pool <laughs> <laughs> not a trauma it's just so much as like a, a an
0: unknowable you know Un- unquantifiable amount of work that i just don't know <laughs> if i could do uh, yeah i'm sure okay. it would be fine but yeah i've i've seen people really struggle
1: with swimming and really struggle with being floating through space it's very hard stuff right um, so, so does yeah. that mean when we watch ponyo and it looks fucking amazing that's like twice yeah. as amazing yeah it's, it's stuff like that's incredible any time
0: <laughs> animators are able to pull that off it's just like it's very impressive. Um, yeah, the the ground physics and jumping and body mechanics is sort of what I've been doing a lot, so it's, it's I'm pretty comfortable there. Um, mm-hmm. And then tell the animator the circumstances for movement. Yeah, they usually tell you what they need, or you know, it's it's clear what's needed. Uh, does the animator have to work with other animators sometimes? Um, yeah, so the animator does have to work with like and I the the rest of the team. You know, they have to know like what the environment is that they're animating in. Are they sliding down a hill, or are they running down the hill, or you know, mm-hmm. how high can they jump for design constraints and stuff like that? There's all sorts of, you know, like programmers talking a lot with designers and talking a lot with environment artists and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's a lot of back and forth. And also with uh, with other animators, I, I, I've i been sort of in a weird position in my career where I've mostly worked on my own. Um, there's mm-hmm. been a couple of times when I've worked with other animators, um, which has been cool. I, I like working with other animators. Um, but yeah, usually the discussion is more inter interdisciplinary than across animation team unless you're working in like film in which case you're just talking to the riggers and animators mostly right Uh, yeah so yeah daz uh your question can you please set up a top 10 worst games list
1: (laughs) oh oh, dude no i don't know about that like (laughs) i mean i just don't play many bad games so like Mm -hmm. that episode would just come across as me being the biggest edgelord because (laughs) i'd be like top 10 worst games super metroid ghost of tsushima control (laughs) it's like those are not the worst games it's just that i barely play any bad games (laughs) yeah Yeah. um i mean maybe i'll think about it Uh, top ten
0: worst games list for you and Joe in the future. Love the first top ten best list, or perhaps the top ten if you could
1: relive a moment for the first time in a video game. Oh, would be Oh, awesome. okay. No, I like that. I like that. Yeah, um, relive moment. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's kind of unique. Because there are um, there are definitely games, kind of like TV shows or movies, where I would just love to be able to wipe my memory to be mm, able to experience like the twist again or like the character development. Yeah. That's, that's a good topic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that speaks to like nostalgia pretty heavily, you know, being able to relive something is kind of like, mm. that's where that, that's where that sweet nostalgia juice is at. Hell and, yeah. um, and then finally, uh, Pete asks, uh, PS, what were Joe's secret nominee games? <laughs> Thanks fellows, for the amazing podcast. Keep up the great work from Pete Martin. Thank you, Pete. Uh, what a love, lo- lo- what a lovely guy yeah great email <clears throat> um okay so just to round us off the unmentioned games i think i mentioned some of them but i'll just go through them again okay i'm i'm excited for this because i don't
1: even know what they are okay uh majora's mask oh yep mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yep uh hunt just oh okay yep. yep uh factorio classic super smash brothers ultimate Oh yeah, okay. I think Though I, I think that in was time. in your original honorable mentions when we did the episode.
0: Yeah. Uh, Doom 2016,
1: which I think was also in
0: the original honorable yep. mentions. Yep. Uh Yakuza 0. Uh yeah. Halo I got Halo 2 here. But Halo 2. Yeah, I think it's mostly just cuz I played a lot of that multiplayer and I played through the campaign with my dad. So it's just like fun uh, memories with that game. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. That's that's sick. I can dig it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then I got
1: inside Really? Inside? Yeah, I don't know, I don't really, maybe
0: take that off the list And then Bioshock, which I also do, <laughs>
2: no, take I didn't. off the list
1: Oh my god, no, I didn't mean to come across like Oh, what kind of cretin would choose Inside? <laughs> no, I, I just meant that that was a that was a bit of a surprise I feel like um, Inside just came and went And didn't really leave mm. any any residue for, for me Or like, I mean, residue. I just haven't heard anyone talk about it in, since it came out
0: yeah, there's... Uh, I, I was... Have you heard of the website Guess the Dot Game before? No. So it's like... um, uh, What's it called? Um, there's all sorts of these websites around now where like it shows you the first second of a song and it gives and you have to try and guess what the song is and you get 7 Oh
1: tries. yeah yeah there there's like a frame by frame one that I used to play yeah. for films and like yep. yeah dude the the wordle copycat explosion. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um so there's that uh for video
0: games and the URL is gets guess the dot game. Mm.
2: Uh,
0: and it's fantastic. Uh, and Inside came up on that the other day, and uh, had a little chat with some people at the office about Inside and how cool it was. Um, so I think it's still there is some brain residue floating around up there for people who played and enjoyed Inside. But
2: mm-hmm. I don't
0: know if it would make it onto my list. That any, you know, it wouldn't be high up on the list. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I just yeah. like the the way that game looks, and the ending was very cool. And yeah, mm,
1: totally. Yeah, no, I, I I, think Super Solid. Like, I, I don't yeah. think that game actually does anything wrong. Yeah. Um, it just... Yeah, for me, it didn't feel as, like, unique or new or innovative like Limbo felt. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, maybe just because Limbo was so early on. You know, that game is, like, 15 years old now. Yeah, goddamn. It just, you know, three-hour tight experience with puzzles and platforming and the vibe was spooky and cool yeah yeah
0: yeah yes so yeah that's it did cool. you have any honorable mentions that you didn't get to or
1: no no okay. I, I i had five and uh yeah i tell you what though the uh the games i've been playing this year are gonna fuck my top 10 list right yeah. up <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. so good dude yeah yeah i haven't i haven't played games um as as much as this year I don't think ever. I've just played a bunch of like really really solid titles which uh we might get to at the end of the year do a bit of a end of year wrap up. Uh, yeah, or well, for episode 100 do a uh, top 100.
2: <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> a top 100 I would actually love that, but yeah. uh that that's could, terrifying. Yeah, I think uh I think that could just be a bit grating. It would have to be like a oh, literal God just mention the title of the game and move on like if we yeah, tried to I fucking think it's enjoyable
0: <laughs> to listen to it's just two guys reading off a list like there's nothing <laughs>
2: yeah, no there's, there's no
1: content there <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah. we may as well just like throw it in a google doc and get like the robot to dictate it <laughs> yeah
0: or just like read out of the dictionary you know like that's the sort of content <laughs> that was yeah
1: yeah yeah Anyway,
0: oh, that's it. Shit. That's all I got for you this week, bro. That's, that's
1: all I got. Hell yeah. Well, you've had heaps. We, uh, we love to hear it. We hope everyone has a really good weekend. And we'll uh, catch you all when it's almost the weekend again.
2: Mm-hmm. Bye.